All right, let's do this. Cup of coffee in the big time. Oh, it's so hot. That is so hot. French press my butt. They like their coffee steaming hot. Ugh. What's up, Geekiverse? It's Bruner 1.0 here with your WWE Raw reaction. I didn't know how long I could keep that up. Not bad, not bad. So, this was billed as the episode, because they call it an episode, so I'm going to call it an episode, right? They billed this as the episode where Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg returns. You know, Goldberg. It's freaking Goldberg. He has not been in a WWE ring for 12 years. And when he was in WWE the first time, it was kind of meh. Yes, he won the big gold belt, the WCW title, a.k.a. the World Heavyweight title, which is what they called it in WWE. But, like, after that, it was kind of meh. Evolution just kept cheating to make him look weak. It was stupid. So... The very end of this, we'll get into Goldberg. Uh, but to start the show, they brought out your WWE Universal Champion, Kevin Owens, with his best friend, Chris Jericho. And they were talking about how they're best friends. There's no way that these guys are going to ever, you know, split up. Meh, 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 meh. Uh, I think that this is... This has got to break up soon. Like, it's kind of getting old, the teasing of it. Um, you know, they, they played, it, played it off really well. And then Chris Jericho kind of said, you know, we don't always have to uh, we don't always have to be best friends. I can beat you for the WWE Universe title. He didn't say it all right, but that's what he meant. And then uh, Seth Rollins came down, and that was fantastic because he called Chris Jericho Sparkle Crotch. That's not PG. You can't say Sparkle Crotch on WWE TV. But he did, and then the whole crowd chanted it, and it was awesome. So I love that uh, Seth Rollins made fun of uh, Chris Jericho's sparkle crotch and his sparkle butt. <laughs> uh, so I, I like the fact that they keep teasing the split up, but it's just make it happen or don't. You know what I mean? So solid segment to start the show. That led into a, uh, into a Jericho-Rollins match. Solid match, nothing spectacular. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens came down, he pulled the rope, he helped his best friend. That was awesome. And then he once again watched Chris Jericho take a pedigree. So uh, I thought it was great, but there wasn't... We saw it last week, you know what I mean? Same old same old match. I don't need to keep saying this, seeing the same match over and over. And unfortunately, that's kind of what it led to. <laughs> it was the same match. There was nothing new. There was nothing exciting. It was the same match. Uh, at the end of it, there was a bats backstage segment. I will speak English here. I promise. There was a backstage segment where Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens got into more heated arguments. And Chris Jericho said, you know what? I'm a six-time champ. I know what you're doing. You're using me to save yourself. And that's fine. I get it. But it's not going to last forever. And then Stephanie McMahon... Uh, intervened and then said, you know, we've got this Survivor Series thing coming up. I need my best guys on the same page. So 
I thought that was great that they're teasing it, they're teasing it, they're teasing it. Maybe at Survivor Series, kind of like The Rock and Stone Cold and Kurt Angle and that whole jazz. Chris Jericho as well was in that. Maybe that's where we see the screw job. Survivor Series, it's known for screw jobs. <laughs> uh, Golden Truth and Mark Henry versus Shining Stars and Titus O'Neil. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to comment on that? It was garbage. It was hot garbage. Okay, moving on. Sheamus versus Big E. Uh, I thought this was pretty solid. I uh, I was a big fan of it. The <laughs> The New Day came out. Well, first of all, what was really awesome was Sheamus doing his little entrance and then Cesaro's right behind him doing Facebook Live. Awesome entrance. Then The New Day comes out, does their typical stuff, and then they talk about Day 420. Ha! You get it? Because 420 is a marijuana joke. It's a marijuana reference, folks. That's what we're getting at. Marijuana. Drugs. It's funny, kids. Once again, probably shouldn't be on PG, but there it is. They were talking about how they were on day 420 as far as uh, their, their title reign. They're in Denver where marijuana is legal to some extent. Uh, Big E says, Seamus must be a mile high to think he can beat me. More marijuana jokes. Love it. And then Xavier Woods, you can't say Seamus without shame. And then the whole crowd starts chanting, shame, shame, shame. I loved it. Uh, Cesaro, once again, doing the Facebook Live stuff. At uh, one point, he stole Big E's jacket, the big pink, white, blue jacket thing. Uh, so I thought that was great. Uh, I think it was great. It was a funny match. It was a solid match, wrestling-wise. Uh, and because of the Cesaro Sheamus mix up, they lost. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, and I also thought it was great that WWE kept taking little dip ins to the Facebook Live segment. Uh, Bo Dallas took on Neville. This was the head scratcher of the night, at least for me. Uh, Curtis Axel was in Bo Dallas's corner. He said, you know what? I believe in Bo still. So, you know, that, that the whole thing is continuing. Bo Dallas. And Curtis Axel, not friends, but apparently pretending to be friends because Bo Dallas was with him once for the Social Outcast. Uh, I thought it was cool that Neville hit a bunch of great top rope moves. But at the same time, Bo Dallas won this match. And I don't understand why Bo Dallas loses. He's more popular. He's super, fa- he's super fun. He flies everywhere. And he lost. Uh, Curtis Axel is going to probably take on Bo Dallas because Bo Dallas beat him up. So that sounds like a pay-per-view pre-show to me, if I've ever heard of one. Great job, WWE. You're pushing you're pushing Bo Dallas. Again. Remember when he had like a, a winning streak and then you let R-Truth beat him? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Data Brooke took on Bailey. Ah. <sighs> The size, they're so real. Dana Brooks sucks. I'm sorry. She's, she's a great physical specimen, as they always say, in the WWE ring. She's physically gifted as all crap. I don't know if I can say another word on here. I've said, I've said worse, right? Anyway, Dana Brooke is strong. She's got a great figure. She used to be a figure, uh, body figure, computer, whatever. <laughs> Words are my strong suit. Uh, But she was supposed to cheat and (laughs) 
was supposed to put her feet on the ropes and just missed. It was it was a pretty solid match up to that. I mean, it was meh, nothing terribly wrong. And then she missed the ropes because she couldn't get leverage. And then Bailey took a clean loss. It made no sense. Uh, if you're gonna cheat, you gotta at least cheat. Like. Pinner have, I mean, Bailey probably should have kicked out, but she doesn't know. She can't feel the ropes. She's supposed to just lose. That was supposed to be the thing. Uh, I feel bad for Bailey because she kind of looks like crap. And then Dana Brooke looks like uber crap. Wasn't a fan of this. Looks stupid. And then, sorry, my neighbors just slammed the door. I wonder if it was because I was loud. Uh, Braun Strowman came out. He faced the Mile High Trio, which is uh, three jobbers, as they call them, jobbers. Uh, one guy looked like uh, that guy, that Mickey Gall, that's who one guy looked like. Another guy, as Corey Graves put it, no way Jose's less threatening cousin, perhaps not Jorge, <laughs> loved it. And then the other guy just looked like a weak version of, oh, who's that guy they just called back? Uh, not the great Kali, but his little, his little protege back in the day. I just rhymed. I won't do it all the time. Ha! <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, Braun Strowman made him look like junk, made him look like garbage. And then he got on the mic and he said, Foley, I told you this was going to happen, which I love. I love that Braun Strowman can cut a promo. Uh, it's the same promo f- every week, but I love it. Uh, and then Sami Zayn came out, and I said, yes, this is going to be terrible for Sami Zayn. He's probably going to get beat up, but I love it. So Braun Strowman shoved him out of the ring, made Sami Zayn look like a punk, because that's what he should look like in this segment, and then Braun Strowman just walked to the back like, dude, you're Sami Zayn. I'm Braun Strowman. Love it. I love where this is going. And then in the back, someone asked Sami Zayn, why'd you do that, bro? Like, you're nuts. And he goes, because no one else will. I love it. I love it. Sami Zayn, you're awesome. Don't ever change. If Well, I say that, but then we'll, we'll get John Cena for another 12 years. So change, but do this for a while. <laughs> uh, Rusev came out and he introduced us all to his family. Eh, it was kind of meh. I love how people were booing his mother and he said, Don't boo my mother. Don't boo my mother. And then Roman Reigns said, you look more like the family dog. And that's because he showed his dog. I thought it was great that Lana slapped Reigns. Rusev moves Lana out of the way. Boom, kick to the face. That's classic heel. I love it. The brawl was great. He beat the crap out of Roman Reigns. Awesome. But can we quit pretending that when you do a submission move on the table or the steps or something, it's going to hurt more? It's a submission move. Now, if you slam someone on the steps, yes, it'll probably hurt more. If you slam them on the table, probably hurt more. But you're doing the same move on a table. <laughs> the ring is probably stiffer than the table. Uh, I hate it when they do that crap. Like when Chris Jericho does the walls of Jericho on the, uh, on the, uh, on the table. It, my friend Tyler, he and I watch Raw every Monday. It gets him irate as well. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Now, when you do it around the ring post, yes, because you're bending their back around solid steel. I get it. But when you're just doing it on a table, uh, it's the same thing. It's the same move on a different surface. It makes no difference. 
Uh, Enzo Amore and Big Cast, or no, sorry, Big Cast just took on Carl Anderson in the squash match of the year, probably. It was stupid. Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson have looked like absolute garbage. Big Cast beat Carl Anderson in like 2.5 seconds. Excuse me, the jobbers taking on Braun Strowman were longer than this. Is Carl Anderson a jobber? He was so highly touted coming out of New Japan Wrestling, and now he's losing to Big Cass in, like, seven seconds flat? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, the intro was cool. Enzo Amore called him chumps from jump, chump change. I get it. It's cute. It's funny. I like it. The kids can get behind it. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at all. So I don't know what they're doing with them. I'm assuming, from everything I've read, they're going to make uh, Enzo and Cass win big at WrestleMania at some point. Uh, I don't know if it's just WrestleMania because they keep, they keep up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like, make these guys relevant or don't for the club. Make them relevant or don't. You just had them face off for the titles twice, and now they're losing to Enzo and Cass. If these guys are going to be world beaters, make them world beaters. I don't get it. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, Lita interviewed Charlotte and Sasha Banks uh, about their about their titles. I thought it was great except for one part. Uh, Lita asked Charlotte why she's going to win. Typical question. And Charlotte says, I'm the best m- male or female superstar on the roster. Okay, cool. That's what you got to say. You're the heel. Even, even a face has got to say that, right? You got to be confident. And then she goes, on any given night, Sasha can win or I can win. Um, so you're not the best on the roster because you just said Sasha can win too. So how does that work? I thought the interviews were great. They were talking about Hell in a Cell and how it's the first women's match. We also learned that that match will main event Hell in a Cell in a week and a half now. So that's awesome. Women are main eventing pay-per-views. Awesome. Love it. I think it's great. Hopefully they don't do the rumored, uh... Uh, flying dive off the top of the cell. I can't remember what it's called. The moonsault. It's a moonsault. It's a twisty, turny moonsault. Whatever. (laughs) Great analogy. I'm like Michael Cole. I'm bad. Sorry. Michael Cole is obviously respected. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, The women's match is going to headline, and that's awesome. Uh, Cruiserweight six-man tag. They had a great back back, uh, backstage segment. I thought that was great. They're letting these guys show some personality. Love it. Gulak and Nice kind of look like the little henchmen for Brian Kendrick, who's the smallest of all of them. I think that's awesome. And then they've got TJ Perkins with uh, Cedric Alexander and whatchamacallit, uh, Rich Swan. So I thought it was great. It was high octane, but the crowd is starting to get behind it. But, they're, you know, they, if you've got this new division and you're going to turn everything purple and you're going to make everything different you got to make it different full force. And you've got to let them explain what they're doing, why they're there, who their characters are. All we know is that Brian Kendrick is old, and this is his last shot. TJ Perkins was once homeless, and he's the champ. I don't know anything about Rich Swan, other than he likes to dance. I don't know anything about Cedric Alexander, other than that cool story that they had on the WWE Network. But if you don't watch the network, you only watch Raw, eh, you're not getting that story. Tony Nese, uh, I know he's athletic as all hell. Oops. 
and uh, Gulak had a segment once. You gotta, the action is awesome. I love the cruiserweights, but there's no oomph behind it. There's no feeling. There's no heart. There's no meat. So hopefully they give them more time down the line because they, you know, you have three hours. Quit giving me the stupid shining stars because no one's watching. Nobody cares. Quit giving me the, uh, the golden truth. I mean, they're old. They're worn out. Who cares? So all that leading up to Goldberg. And I'm just going to riff for a moment here, which means I need some coffee. Finally cooled down. Life is good. Ooh, that's good stuff. So, uh, Goldberg, what do, you, what do you say? I mean, Goldberg came back 12 years. He, Michael Cole dressed it all up, and I was like, oh, this is going to suck. Michael Cole's introducing this. But it worked. They showed the ESPN interview. They showed the Paul Heyman comments. Paul Heyman was live earlier via satellite saying how much Goldberg should, you know, should not do this. Um, and then they, Michael Cole introduced Goldberg. They played the old WCW music, which I didn't know was different from the WWE music, but apparently it is, just slightly, but it, it makes a difference. Um, and then they have Goldberg make his little entrance, and usually they'll have, like, the, the, the faux cops <laughs> surrounding Goldberg. Uh, this time they had him just walking down and all the superstars in the back chanting and cheering for him. I've watched it two or three times now because it was that awesome. And Big E losing his mind, just marking out, was fantastic. I loved it. Cesaro, someone was holding up a Cesaro section shirt, which was awesome. It was just a great entrance. And then when the sparks go up and you can see his feet walk down, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. Boom, the crowd erupts. He comes down. He's, you know, fist-bumping little kids. He's kissing little kids. He gets to the ring. He bows to every corner like he's Andre Agassi after a tennis match. No one's getting that reference except for me. I'm fine with it. Whatever. If you wa- go watch it, he bows. That's what Andre Agassi does, all right? Goldberg does it too, I guess. I don't get whatever. And then he starts crying. Like, he's legit tearing up. And that's awesome because I was watching with someone who doesn't watch wrestling. And I explained, like, this guy hasn't been here for 12 years. A lot of people worry when they come back. People are going to forget him. And he's tearing up. And she goes, oh, that's awesome. He's, you know, he's, he's feeling emotion. That's when you can relate to someone who's crying in a wrestling ring, which is normally like just beating the crap out of each other. Wow. I love it. He said, uh, you know, thank you for that ovation. It's been 12 years. You didn't forget. And the crowd erupts. They start chanting, holy pit rhymes with pit. And it is poop. I'll let you figure that one out. They started chanting, this is awesome. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was just so good. Uh, he said he ca- he's coming back because he wants to be a superhero to the kids, and there's not enough of us in the world. I'll expand on that momentarily. I want to get through this first. Um, he, you know, he points to his kid. He says, I'm back, buddy boy. He said, I was promoting 2K WWE 17. He got the name wrong. Normally, I would just light him up for it, but uh, it's Goldberg. I can't do it. He's just, I'm so excited that he's back, even if it's just for one more match, which not too many people are commenting on. He, he kind of swerved the crowd. He said, you know, maybe it's best left in the video game. Ha ha, if you're coming back, you're accepting the challenge. Um, and then he said, not only is Brock Lesnar next, he's last. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? 
It's the last match. This is Goldberg's last match. They can't do it at Survivor Series, right? They can't. If it's his last match, that's WrestleMania. And I know they're probably like, holy crap, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg were booed out of the arena last time they faced each other at WrestleMania. Different circumstances. Goldberg, this is probably his retirement match. Brock Lesnar has done so much more since coming back. He beat The Undertaker. He won the title. He's beat John Cena. He's beat pretty much everyone. He beat Dean Ambrose, which is a crap match, but, you know, he beat Seth Rollins. He beat Taker again at Hell in a Cell. Like, he's just won and won and won and won. Uh, Technically, his one loss is against Taker in uh, a sloppy, cheap finish, I guess. So, you can't do that at Survivor Series. That's what I'm saying. You just can't. I know you want to boost Toronto, Canada, or Orlando, Florida. You do it in Orlando, Florida. Ah, But it's the first pay-per-view in Toronto in however many years. I don't know. But maybe this is not the last match. Maybe he cheats and they got to do one more at WrestleMania. I don't know. But I think it's great that Goldberg's back. And it was a phenomenal return. I was almost tearing up, not going to lie. Because when he cried, I was like, oh my gosh, he feels this. I looked back at all the times. I stayed up late to click on the TV and watch WCW on Wednesday nights or on Monday nights just to see Goldberg. Because I was like, oh, this is awesome. I hate WCW, but it's Goldberg. And then when he came to WWE, I was so excited. I would do the same thing on Monday nights for Raw. I would just, boop, oops, not watching TV. I'm asleep. Sorry, Mom. Uh." And then I click it back on as soon as she left the room. Boom, Goldberg's back in WWE. I loved it. So this was a up-and-down Raw, to say the least. Uh, superhero. I'm going to get to that real quick. Uh, so I was playing tennis with a coworker who just moved back here and this little kid just came walking up to us on the tennis courts. We were at a local high school and he had a football in his hands and it was just weird as all hell. Like just a little kid walking up to you as you're trying to, uh, go about your business. And she goes, do you know how to throw a football? Cause he had a football in his hand. And I said, yeah. She goes, well, let's just throw with the kid. Okay, cool. And that's what we did. We just played catch with the kid for like 30 minutes. And then I tried to teach him tennis and he got a serve in, <laughs> which was cool. And he was like 10. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a sad thing because I don't know where that kid was from. I don't know what he was doing there. He said he lived across town and he was clearly just walking around. And when we had to go, we said, all right, we'll see you. And he found a way back home, I hope. I, I don't know. So when Goldberg says there's not enough superheroes in this world, he's absolutely right. In today's day and age, you turn on the news, and it's just super depressing. Uh, shootings every day, the, the election's crazy. Uh, so when Goldberg says there's not enough superheroes in the world, there's, there's absolutely not. And if you get a chance, even for 10 minutes, to be uh, some sort of good role model, because I'm not saying I'm that kid's superhero. I'm not saying... Anyone's that kid superhero. I don't know. But my point is, if you get a chance to be a good role model to anyone, just do it. Even if it's 10 minutes, we get lost in so much by our, you know, mundane day-to-day lives. So uh, that's my point. Be Goldberg. If you get the chance to be Goldberg, walk down to the ring, have people change your name, hold your hands up and say, I'm back. (laughs) Uh, WWE Raw, up and down. Intro was good, not solid, not great, not terrible, meh. And then it was kind of a bunch of crap in the middle. And then Goldberg. 
Uh, so I'm going to give it like a C minus, C plus, C. It was in the C range. Uh, you thought you were going to hype up the crowd and get an A because Goldberg, but there was just too much crap in the middle. I didn't get the Golden Truth stuff. I didn't get the Cruiserweights. I didn't get the uh, Big Cass and Anderson stuff. Big E and Cesaro or uh, Sheamus were really good. Seth Rollins and Jericho and Owens were okay. Uh, the, the Diva stuff was okay. The Bailey and uh, Dana Brooke stuff was really bad. So, you know, there was a lot of good, but there was a lot of bad. So, solid C, C+, plus, something like that. Um, before I go, because I'm going to wrap this up and start doing SmackDown right after this, because I didn't do it yesterday, because I was out and about. I was living my life. I'm sorry. But I'm getting to it now, so it's all good, Geekiverse. Uh, I want you to go and listen to Jim Pressions. It's uh, on our SoundCloud. It's on our iTunes channel. If you get the chance, it is fantastic. Do not watch it in public, or do not, sorry, do not listen to it. It's a podcast. Do not listen to it in public, because you will look like an idiot. You will be laughing with earbuds in your ears, and people won't know what the hell you're doing. And it's awkward, because I did it at the gym. But it's so funny. I don't know how these guys are so good at doing these voices, but it's fantastic. Uh, the Walking Carpet stuff, if you're into Star Wars, listen to it. I, eh, I'm not a Star Wars guy. We've talked about this. This stuff is interesting. I love listening to it, but I, I don't get the Star Wars. These guys, they're like way outside the realm of just knowing what Star Wars is. So if you want to dig deep into Star Wars, that's what you do. You go to freaking SoundCloud and look up the Geekiverse and listen to Walking Carpet. Because those guys could talk for seven straight days about Star Wars and not miss a beat. I can't do that. Like when they're mentioning all these, what's a Palpatine? I don't know. <laughs> Speak English, please. Because I don't know what a Palpatine is. You stupid idiots. <laughs> Anyways, I'm saying we've got a lot of great content on our SoundCloud and our iTunes. Our YouTube just got back picking up steam. I like to think it's because I got uh, under their butts. And I said, hey guys, we need more podcasts. We need more videos. Lo and behold, Bruder 1.0 gets the job done. There's a WWE 2K17 unboxing edition, NXT edition, unboxing of the NXT edition. There you go. It's on the YouTube. Go to geekiverse.com. Check out all of our podcasts. Go to the merch store and then click our Amazon link if you're going to buy something. Remember that French press I just bought? Yeah, it burns. It's so good. I also just bought a new mic stand. That'll be coming tomorrow. I'm going to hook up this H4N, boom, mic stand. I'll look like a legitimate podcaster. It'll be the same terrible podcast, but I'll look better. So there you go, guys. Bruner 1.0, that's your raw reaction. Goldberg is back. Check out thegigiverse.com. I'm out of here. i got to go drink more coffee. Peace. Peace.